Staying in Contact. I'm London Mitchell. If you go to the website of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, the first thing you'll see is the statement, talking is the first step to preventing suicide. And talking is what we'll do in this episode with Megan Scott, a representative from the AFSB Toledo chapter. She herself admits to being a survivor of a suicide attempt. We chat about warning signs and how to start that real conversation with a friend or loved one. A good beginning might be to participate in the upcoming Walk Out of Darkness, October 7th, in downtown Toledo at Promenade Park. I asked Megan how participation in the walk would help us better understand this frightening topic of suicide. Each participant comes from a different space. So for me personally, I am a two-time survivor of suicide attempts. Uh, Several of the people on our board are actually family members that have that are surviving from a loved one that had um, died by suicide. So it's a it's a mix. Uh, but what I found is is that um, it's a it's still a family. We all support each other. And how I first got started is it was just one of those things that popped up on my Facebook. And I started looking into it and I got involved and then I started to volunteer and got roped in. And, you know, now I've been on the local chapter for about four years now. So you say you're you're a survivor. Can is it is it going to be too personal to ask you what was going on with your with your thoughts and how you feel today about that? <laughs> no, not at all. So I I actually am very open with my mental health story. I feel like we need to have more of that. So um, I was diagnosed as bipolar when I was in my early 20s. I was about 22. Uh, I was exhibiting a lot of manic behaviors, uh, multitude of things. My parents approached me. They expressed concern. I, I got the diagnosis and I never accepted the diagnosis or, um, properly treated it for many, many years. My first um, true uh, suicidal ideation and attempt was after a uh, work-related incident that um, just threw me for a loop. And at that time, I had like zero coping skills. And I think with mental health, that's the one thing that is, is missing in our conversations is learning those those coping mechanisms and it's going to be different for everybody um for me you know i um i'm a gym rat so i uh i actually get up at 3:15 every morning uh especially during the week and head off to the gym and i'm at the gym for an hour to 2 hours every morning and that is one of my big coping uh coping mechanisms. Uh, there's others that I have, um, but it's taken me a minute to, to get there. Um, but each person has to find their own thing. I do talk therapy for some people. That's not theirs. That's not their thing. They don't want to do talk therapy. It's, it's finding that, that thing that's going to help you get through it. So, um, that was my first attempt. I was, uh, 28, I think. How did you find those coping mechanisms? 
different ways. So some of it was just through counseling. Um, if you've never done counseling, I do encourage that. It's good to talk with someone professionally and in a structured setting. And I, I think that, you know, that's another piece that's missing in mental illness is a lot of times when you have mental illness, you need some form of structure uh, because your, your thoughts are often very scattered. Um, they jump from one thing to another. So if you're in a structured setting, such as a therapy setting, it helps you uh, work through those thoughts so that you can come up with those different coping uh, mechanisms that work for you. For, for again, for whatever they are, um, I have a friend who um, one of his coping mechanisms is uh, there's a place near where we live where you can go and smash things. Like you pay a certain amount of money to, you know, buy a glasses and computers and stuff, and he just goes in there whenever he's having a rough time and just like smashes stuff, and that's his thing. Like that's. You know, that won't do it for everybody, but it does it for him, right? So um, it's a lot of self-revelation. You know, with mental illness, you know, one of the things that is the hardest, for me at least, is um, I have to constantly be checking my reactions, my emotions. Okay, am I getting off? Um, am I acting overly emotional. It's, it's much more of a self check, but it's taking me a long time to get here, but it's, it's very much worth it, um, to, to be able to have those self revelations and knowing that, okay, I need to step back, take a minute and, and do what I need to do so that I can continue to function. And, um, with that being said, um, you know, I've worked really hard through this and not that it hasn't been a challenge, but I have, uh, I function as any normal adult. Uh, I take my medicine every day. I get up, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a nurse. So I go to work, I take care of people, um, you know, and I, and I've done that through the majority of dealing with this mental illness. So it can be done. Um, it's just, you know, what you want to put into it. And that is, that is the biggest piece. This for me is unique conversation because very often on topics related to mental illness, I talk to people who are professional counselors, not mm -hmm. necessarily people who are, are willing to admit they have a mental illness or as yourself, a, a suicide survivor. So mm -hmm. I ask this question, uh, of counselors, but I'd like to ask you, how do your loved ones start the conversation? How do they, how do they recognize the clues and how do you start that very, very personal and maybe very difficult, I would assume very difficult conversation? So I think, uh, for mental illness itself, it's, it, it can be approached a little bit differently than if you think your loved one or, or whoever is at a point of self-harm. So if uh, I'll, I'll start there. So if you feel like a loved one, someone you're close to a coworker, a friend is close to a self, a self-harm event, um, you know, some of the things you're going to, I mean, there, there are the very blatant 
uh, signs and symptoms, um, giving their stuff away, telling people goodbye, um, saying goodbye, not, and then not responding. Um, you know, those are some of the like immediate symptoms, but if you're starting to suspect that they are having those ideations, you know, some of the things that has helped me, um, uh, my last, uh, suicide attempt, uh, I was, I was married at the time and, um, my husband had been suspecting things for quite a while and finally just came up to me and said, Nope, we're going to face this and we're going to face it right now and we're going to deal with it and whatever comes with it, we'll, we're going to do it together. And that, and, and he's stuck by it. Um, I've, uh, admittedly not always been the easiest person to love and to live with, but he's, he's stuck by that. And I think that that is one of the biggest things is, uh, when it comes down to self-harm is, is to be as open and upfront about it as you can. Um, Hey, are you thinking about this? Is this, is this where your mind is going? Because if it is, then we're going to do a, B and C because at that point, um, you know, they need to have that structure of we're going to, we're going to care for you this way. Now, as far as, you know, if you think somebody's struggling with mental illness or, um, you know, depression, anxiety, any other, you know, some of the the mental illness piece, it would be more of a, I mean, the, how you, you know, how are you doing today? Those are good, but it's, you know, what are your struggles? Like, like make it a little deeper. What are you struggling with? Um, I see, um, you know, you, uh, you're acting, uh, more quiet at work. Um, I actually just reached out to a coworker the other day, we were having a phone conversation and she said something to the effect of, um, I'm just barely treading water right now as it is. And so I kind of let that sit there a minute. And then I went back to it and I said, Hey, you know, a little while ago, you said that you were just barely hanging on. You were just barely treading water. You want to tell me what that's about? And it had nothing to do with work. She just wanted to say, I'm struggling financially. I had to get a second job. This really sucks. And I'm stressed. And we talked about it for a little bit. And, you know, now I know when I approach her, you know, I can be like, hey, that thing we talked about, are you doing okay with it? So it's, it's paying attention to those little cues sometimes and how people talk to you. If I follow you correctly, then the next stage would be uh, support groups, people that you can, can relate to and, and, and share your issues with. I look at support groups a little bit differently. So some people need those very structured support groups. NAMI, AANA, those are all, those are all phenomenal. And and actually with AFSP, one of the things that we do, we don't actually, the chapters, the local chapters don't actually run any support groups, but we have a great list of resources we refer people to if they come to us and say, hey, I need to, you know, I needed a support group. I think where you're, for me personally, where I find the greatest support is in a group of one or two, and I'll use the AFSB chapter, the, the people that, that I, that we run the local Toledo chapter together. Um, they're my support group. You know, 
I, if I'm having a bad day, we have a group chat and I just put it in there. Hey guys, like this, today's awful. My anxiety's through the roof. I'm like a cat on a ceiling. Um, and then it's, you know, well, have you, because it's, it, you use those groups as your safety net. And, and that's one thing that I've learned through therapy is you have to have those safety nets. If you're struggling, if you're having a bad day, um, you know, one of the things that gets to me the most is my anxiety. I mean, I'm literally like a cat on a ceiling a lot of times. And so I've built in safety nets that if I message a group or message my husband, mes- message my mom or my friends, and I say, hey, I'm having anxiety, it triggers them to say, hey, have you done this coping mechanism? Have you gone outside and stood in the sunshine for 10 minutes and just sat out there and, and done nothing? Um uh, so you know, let me rephrase the question, then it's not necessarily what we might consider a support group, but it's a support base, however you have it, discovered it to be. Yeah, yep. Um, you know, mental illness is very specific to each person uh, because everybody's going to deal with it differently. Um, you know, as a nurse, I deal with a lot of uh, chronic medical conditions, diabetes, heart failure, respiratory issues, you know, and, and there's a series of medicines that you take and, you know, you need to follow a low sodium diet and you need to, you know, those are all basic things that everyone with a certain category of disease has to follow. And with mental illness, it's a little different um, because it is more of a subjective illness. And so it, it the the support, the treatment, and all of that is a little bit different. Um, the one thing, you know, we we as a society can talk about having resources for mental illness until we're blue in the face. I mean, we can have, you know, there are people out there that have access to every type of mental health resource they can think of, but they have to participate. And that is one of the biggest things with mental illness is, is you have to be participatory in your disease process to have any kind of success, to be able to function and 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 have success. I want to thank Megan Scott from the Toledo chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention for our very candid conversation. For more information, please visit the website afsb.org slash Toledo. Again, the annual Walk Out of Darkness is October 7th at Promenade Park in downtown Toledo with opening ceremonies at 1130. The website address again is afsb.org slash Toledo. That's our program for this week. Please join us again next week when we will again be staying in contact. In the meantime, Feel free to contact me through my website, londonmitchell.news.